What's up, everyone? I am Marcus Blewett, and you're tuning in to Lift Every Voice, where every voice holds weight. On today's episode, I have a young lady that I've been knowing for about six to seven years now. We went to the same high school in Chicago, Illinois, and now we go to the same college in New London, New Hampshire at Kobe Sawyer College. She has great insight on a lot of things that's going on. She's very talented. She do a lot of spoken word. She's amazing when it comes to expressing her opinion and her perspective about a lot of social issues that's going on right now in the world. I would like to welcome Marty A. Cooper to the show. Thanks for having me. Coming from Chicago, Illinois, being there basically our entire life, how hard was it making it out of Chicago? It was hard. When you're there, you don't necessarily think about, you You know how hard it is, but you don't think about just how hard it is until you leave and then get put in an environment that's the complete opposite mm-hmm. of where you were. What is one situation you experience here where you don't experience being back at home? Violence. It's like an everyday thing. Even to this day, it'd be like different sounds um, and ivy. Mm-hmm. It was like somebody banging on something. My natural reaction was to think it was gunshots. Yeah. Nobody else would associate that sound with a gunshot, but it's like, because I'm from Chicago, that's what I'm used to hearing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think it shouldn't be a, a norm that, you know, if anything is happening and we automatically like, oh, get down or, oh, somebody just got shot. Right. Like, those statements that we make as being from Chicago... It shows how accustomed mm-hmm. and how adjusted we got to, oh, someone just got killed. Oh, someone oh that someone was just shooting. Mm-hmm. Instead of being in fear or being scared as if it would have happened out here. Mm-hmm. We go to school in New Hampshire, and it's not a lot of violence at all going on out here. Like, right. the biggest assignment is maybe a life alert. Some, someone <laughs> failed. <much. laughs> someone failed. They pressed the life alert button, and the police come. But right. in Chicago, it's constant sirens, mm-hmm. constant violence, constant people just standing on the corners yeah. doing nothing. And you talked about lack of resources. You mm-hmm. talked about not having not enough jobs in the city. You talked about people... They may not be the intended target, but they end up getting killed. So have you ever had a family member or a friend that was a victim of violence? I've had both. Family members that didn't get killed that I know of, but two of my friends from middle school? Yeah, from middle school. We were, well, I was really close with one of them in middle school. Both of them just recently died. Brandon Jones died couple weeks ago now I want to say maybe a month or so now and then Kevin died last year mm-hmm. and these is both through gun violence yes or? both oh, wow. was through um gun violence and the brand one hit home really hard mm-hmm. cause it was really close in middle school mm-hmm. so that one was really just like dude like what what's going on like I've always felt like that but it it feels different yeah. when it hits a lot closer to home versus when you're seeing the pain that somebody else is going through versus yeah. when that pain, beca- like you start to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. And as far as family members, it was over winter break. My brother, he was at one of his friend's house. They were just hanging out, chilling. Mm-hmm. A couple people came into his friend's house right at the place. Um, three guns was pointed at my brother. Mm. They robbed him for everything that they had. Took his keys, his car keys. He owns his own trucking company. They took his truck keys. Mm-hmm. Um, took everything. Luckily, they didn't kill him. I couldn't lose my brother right before coming here. Like I would not have come back mm-hmm. if I lost my brother that day. Mm-hmm. 
out of those two situations you just named, do you think it was because of the maybe the crowd that the two individuals surrounded themselves with? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel it was something just randomly happened? Like, what do you think that you know, was the cause of that? Honestly, I don't know for sure. Just mm-hmm. because, um, you know, once we all graduated, we all went to different high schools. We kind of lost touch. Um, mm-hmm. Me and Brandon talked. Like, over the years after we graduated, every now and again, but we really didn't get, like, into, like, the different crowds of people that he hung out with. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that might have had an impact on it, but then again, because of the way that Chicago is and the way a lot of the gun violence that happens, you never really know. Because I know, like, with Brandon, it happened at, like, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. It was like a car full of people. He was the only one that died. Everybody else walked away from the situation. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. And I think that's what like messed everybody up the most about when that happened. Yeah. So when you when, when situations like that happen, do you feel anger at the person who did it? Or do you try to to just focus on grieving at the point? Um like I do feel... you get mad that like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm tired, this violence keep mm-hmm. happening in the city and to people I know and love or even went to high school with or school with, do you get angry because of that or it still be it's the norm to you. Now I get really angry. Mm-hmm. I remember after the most recent incident with I don't want to mispronounce his name, but I know it started with the L. The um young child, and I think that was his uncle that died mm-hmm. when um his mom went on live Facebook yeah. live, and I was so hurt by that situation. But then again, I was also so mad mm-hmm. because I was mad about what happened, but then I was mad more about people's responses to it. Because it became so repetitive. As in general, people from Chicago, they they become numb, but not numb in the sense of like not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. I guess because it's happened so much, they don't have time to really process a solution that can happen. I get tired of seeing a snap, a Facebook post, you sharing something. That's not that's not yeah, enough. That's not doing enough at all. That's really not doing nothing. Like we as a community need to come together and figure this out. Like this is our community. Like how many more deaths is this gonna take for us to really come together? Like stop expecting somebody else to do it. Just different critiques that I've heard people say, like even from my family, like, oh, Obama not doing this, Rom's not doing this, this, that, and that. It's like we don't need a leader to step in and do for us. When we can do for ourselves, right. we don't need somebody else. We right. need to be the people that stand up and do that. So I get mad more so about the after effect. Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm like, we have to find a way to channel that energy mm-hmm. because otherwise it's just going to keep happening. And it's like, oh, I'll just move. And it's like, that's still not going to stop anything. That's what everyone wants to know. Mm-hmm. How can individuals stop mm-hmm. the violence yeah. or decrease it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? are the people who are committing these um, crimes, what do you think they could do to decrease some of the violence mm-hmm. that's going on? As citizens of Chicago, I think we really need to hold the people that we elect accountable. I think that when it comes time for elections, like as far as aldermans, um, city councilmen, and stuff like that, I don't feel like people tend to pay a lot more attention to the political, uh, I mean, not political, the presidential election. And I think when it comes to stuff like that, we really need to pay attention to the type of people that we're putting in our office, in our communities. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that in doing that, this is more of like, I guess, a a long-term goal in a sense, having more people go into policy or something where they can go come back 
and change the education system. Because yeah. I feel like it all really comes back to education and it comes back to economics. Yeah. And I think one of the simplest things is just to recognize each other, not as strangers, but as like a brother, as a yeah. sister. Protect each other, like hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Like people who've killed a person, it's like, oh, you know, free my man Mook or whoever the case may be. I'm like, no. Mook just killed, like, three people. Yep. Mook need to go in prison. Mm-hmm. Like, he needs to be held accountable for his actions. Mm-hmm. Because that type of behavior shouldn't be accepted. It's like, nah, you need to hold your bro accountable because he's killing off our community. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, when it comes to, to the people that kill people or, you know, have the, do crimes that's very violent to people, I obviously think, well, honestly think that, they don't have the same mindset as mm-hmm. the average person. Right. And I'm saying that because if you can just kill someone and act like it never happened, or it doesn't affect you, what you just did to someone, mm-hmm. knowing that that's someone's son or daughter, then something is just not right with you. We're from Chicago, so we see a lot of people around our age, 21 mm-hmm. years old, 18, 16, 15, you know, even younger, that's doing, mm-hmm. that's killing people. Getting yeah. charged with first to first degree murder, mm-hmm. like they they doing all of this, and a lot of the problems are they don't know how to resolve a conflict. True, like they don't know if something someone step on their shoes, they gotta turn up. Yeah, they gotta fight. They gotta prove. They want their right. respect. Exactly, and they willing to do something with. They willing to to do something in a total time of thirty seconds or a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And face 25 years yeah. just for 30 seconds to one minute you know. all over a shoe mm-hmm. or something else you can buy. And it's like, I think that's one problem. If we can, if teens or the people that's committing these crimes in Chicago, if they can learn how to problem solve, mm-hmm. get into a conflict, okay, it's not that serious. I'm just going to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And I also like the point you said like about being brothers and sisters, like looking at each other like that, mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't do that in Chicago. Yeah, like, like you said, it's all about, yeah, every man is for themselves. It's mm-hmm. all about me, you and know, me and mine. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get over on someone. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of friendly people that's willing to help you out. When you was in Chicago growing up, well, what neighborhood did you come from? North Lawndale. North Lawndale. How was growing up in North Lawndale? Honestly, it wasn't that bad. When I was a shorty, the west side wasn't the crazy part. Yeah. It was the south side that everybody, you know, it was like one of those, like, yeah, we just don't go to the south side. West side was known for bopping, fifis, all that good stuff. We was the chill side. Yeah. And now, it wasn't until I got to college that, like, in the news I'm hearing, North Lawndale, people getting shot and killed two blocks from where I live at. When did this when did this shift occur? Yeah. Like why is this shift happening? Mm-hmm. What is a simple activity you and your friends did in high school that was for the most part safe, but students right now may not find safe? My friends from Christiana and the rest of us from Collins would just meet at my house and just chill. Yeah. Or we'll go to like the park in Douglas Park behind high school. Mm-hmm. It was chill, like we didn't really have to worry about something happening to us. And it's sad that kids now can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking my nephews to a park. And they live on the south side. Right. 
It's like I wouldn't feel comfortable taking it to the park, even in broad daylight. Right. Like that's the craziest part about like kids can't be kids and enjoy their childhood. They don't have a childhood. They won't know what growing up in Chicago was like for us. For us, yeah. It was like really we was always different. outside. We could be outside all, all night. All day. Growing up, like I stayed outside mm-hmm. from the time, especially in the summertime when I woke up, instantly my friends outside. Yo, That's like, let's get the was. bikes. We we on the bikes, riding playing bikes. Playing dead man pickup, all we that. football. We played we play every sport in one day. Seriously. And we didn't have a, a worry in, in the, the world. world. Our parents ain't have a worry. And I think, too, at least specific to the block that I lived on, it was like living in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Every parent, okay, so we'll be outside playing. All the neighborhood kids, all the neighborhood kids playing. Let's say my mom and my grandma in the house and they're not really paying attention. But I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. But a lady like three houses down see me. She'll like hold me accountable and be like, what you doing? Like, I know your mama taught you better than that. I know your grandma taught you better than that. And they'll go and tell my mom and my grandma what happened. Mm-hmm. That sense of accountability and like looking out, even if they're not your kids, that got lost. Yeah, it really did. Because it was the same way with me. I had actually like maybe more than two or three mm-hmm. like elders on the block. You know, we outside being kids, you know, doing bad stuff. But the ladies would be looking out the window. They, they 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 watching you. They know what mm-hmm. you're doing. Soon you do something bad. They coming out on the porch and saying, "Hey, what are you doing?" Like they your grandma. Yeah, they like you know your mama wouldn't let you do this. Stop, you know, being bad or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. And now you don't you don't see that. You like see that nowadays, you in 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 North Lawndale, we talking about the community. You have little kids doing something bad, and you'll see them, but you'll just keep walking. Mm-hmm. Like, no one nowadays say nothing to the little them. kids and say, what you, hey, stop, stop what you're doing. Don't be doing that. Don't vandalize. Don't steal. Don't. They don't care. Yeah. And that's one of the problems right now, like, in mm-hmm. our community, because North Lundale is one of the communities that has, like, one of the, like, the high violent rate in Chicago. Because yeah. you, you basically talked about... How before you came here, you found out the news about your friend, like, getting killed or whatever, and you couldn't come back to school, like, with that on your conscience. You couldn't think about it. Oh, my brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You talked about that. Are there any differences between how much you go out in Chicago versus being out here in quiet New Hampshire? The difference is when I'm here, I go out way more here. Mm -hmm. I'll see about stuff that's going on, but there's an element of security and an element of distance with it because I'm not in it. I'm not there yeah. um, versus when I go home. My aunt to this day, every time I go home, she was like, you're like the only college student that I know that comes home and stays in the house most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I going outside for? Unless like I'm going to a club that's like not in the hood. Right. It's like, what am I going outside for? Like, I like my life. I would kind of like to graduate, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, fucked up that I got to think about it like that. It really is. Here, I can go out, come back in whenever. It be pitch black here. Still kind of creepy. But I know that that's, like, the last thing on my mind. Yeah. But the moment I go back home, like, Laura and them, uh, before Laura and Nika graduated, mm-hmm. every time I went home, they was like, you better come back to me. Yeah. Like, they'll genuinely be worried. Like, granted, when they first was doing I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. Then it got to a point where they might be on to something. Yeah, I can relate to that, Martier, because I, I had a few friends that, to make comments or jokes about me making it back alive or not dying in Chicago. And it's really kind of sad to to say 
to actually hear people say that to me, but that is our reality. By the grace of God, I haven't been put into a near-death experience or situation being in Chicago. How about you? Have you been in a, a near-death situation? It was one time that I could have died mm-hmm. um, over spring break. It was like a couple years ago now. I went to the liquor store with my brother's baby mama. She's like one of aspirin or something. And she, we went to the gas station first. Then she wanted to like get some liquor or something she wanted. So we went across the street to the liquor store. They had the ibuprofen or whatever she wanted. So literally, this all happened in like maybe five minutes, maybe less than that. She went back to the gas station to um, return whatever she bought. We literally come back in. When we was walking in, we noticed like this group of uh, like teenage boys. And I mean, in Chicago, on the south side, like we don't, we notice it, but we're not thinking that deep about it because like that's naturally what they do. Not even, it wasn't even like 30 seconds after we walk in. Two dudes walk in, um, holding guns up. Like, you know, give me the money out the cash, right, blah, blah, blah. We literally locked eyes, and we knew at the same time when to run. Um, and then, like, it was a lady, because we ended up, because one of them hopped the fence, and one ran in the back, because I guess the owner of the place, or, like, the sub-owner, or whatever the case may be, he ran to the back of the store. Mm-hmm. One followed him, one jumped the counter to get, I guess, to get in the cash register. The lady that, the little cashier, we, all three of us ran out at the same time. It was two guys at, at the counter that, like, trying to just got on the floor or whatever. We took flight. I didn't know whether or not one was going to come out after us. And that's kind of when I knew it was some shorties that did it, too. Yeah. Um, but when I hit a corner, I slipped and fell. Yeah. And I was just like, I just knew it was over with for me. Yeah, yeah. And then we ran home. My coat was messed up. I was, like, scraped up. It was it was crazy. I really could have been one of those people because you hear a lot about students that like go to college, mm-hmm. got out the life, come back, come back to visit, and, and get they get killed. killed. Yep. And like they're not even the intended target, yep. and they get killed. I can't even just come home for a break without worrying about what's gonna happen with my life. Like you said, it's fucked up that we have to go through those situations Mm -hmm. but it's all because of the neighborhood we live in Mm -hmm. and it may not be because it's not really our fault Mm -hmm. like it wasn't our fault that our families may have came there in that neighborhood Mm -hmm. and things was different back 20 years ago 10 years ago even shit five years ago things was different but now that we have to grow up go to high school go to college and come back to the same neighborhood and we got to experience those things. It's really, like, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Because you talked about being out here and not worrying about violence. Yeah. Like, I, I'm really carefree. And I can say anybody from Chicago that went to this school or go currently go here now, they would agree mm-hmm. that they don't think about violence when they're here. Yeah. People see the Chicago media, they see all the, the, the news, mm-hmm. and they really ask the question, is Chicago really that bad? Mm-hmm. Do you agree or disagree? Now, it really is that bad. My own community that I used to think was one of the safest communities in Chicago to be in the hood is one of the worst now. Mm-hmm. If somebody from here was to come visit, I would not take them to my house. Like, yeah. we would get an Airbnb, like, on the north side or, like, near north somewhere. I wouldn't take them there just because you never know. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally could just be walking down the street, gunshots go off. It was, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just laying on my bed chilling. I'm hearing gunshots. Why? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Me, I live towards the, like, 16th and Lawndale, mm-hmm. you know, around that area. Mm-hmm. Coming from that 
neighborhood. Well, same neighborhood. Same. It's still North Mondale, yeah. but we just maybe around Different eight, yeah, yeah, eight, nine, ten blocks away from each other, maybe. A little bit. And I always felt that it was a lot going on in the community, mm-hmm. and I, I say this because on Sixteenth and Lawndale, everyone from the West Side, that's from that neighborhood really knows that it's a lot of traffic that goes on yeah. right there in the area. That Even area, I knew. Crackheads <laughs> everywhere, all in front of the store. Man. Hey, let me get 10 cents, let me get 5 cents, let me get a quarter, let me get let a get dollar. Penny. You you got a cigarette. They, they want to be your friend. They want to do everything. You know, you got alcoholics out there with them drinking, crackheads doing drugs in a vacant lot. Everything that's going on. So as a little kid, I already knew it's a lot of shit that's going on in my neighborhood. But I'm kind of naive. Like, I don't mm-hmm. really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Then going to high school at North Lawndale, our high school, I really see the community for how it is now. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of businesses start to close. And along 16th, everything started to become like a ghost town, you can say. Like, a lot of businesses was closing, and more people was outside selling drugs, mm-hmm. fighting. Looking at it now, it was like, wow, like, I really made it out. Mm-hmm. You know, those yeah. that, that area to come to Kobe, sorry, to come to New Hampshire to study, mm-hmm. to get a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, going to North Lawndale is one of the positive things Seriously. that happened to both of us. It's a lot of negative talk about Chicago. But it is a lot of positivity going on in the city. What are some of your experiences you have experienced that was positive that happened to you while you was in Chicago? This is why I got to give like the utmost respect to North Lawndale. Mm-hmm. Especially the first two years. That's when it was the best. The yeah. first two years when I was at North Lawndale. And even so after, but it was like very apparent the first two years. That school dedicated so much time the teachers that actually gave a fuck about you yeah they dedicated so much time like teachers even that longer than we were and then one other thing that i liked is they had phoenix rising so phoenix rising basically is when they ship students and it was like mandatory i think you had to do it once or twice before graduating or something like that Yeah, at least once yeah where during the summer they send students to like all these different places even international all over the um country for free like the school handled every cost associated with it like they paid for your plane ticket your train ticket whatever transportation you needed to get there to get back whatever fees was associated with that program they pay for that all you literally had to do was show up and i went to um calvin college and got college credit for that did that program north Lawndale was really big on peace and restorative justice and the one thing that really stuck out to me about north Lawndale that I never realized was when you came to North Lawndale, the way we naturally greeted each other was with a hug. And that threw off a lot of people that came to our school that didn't go there. Of course, sometimes, granted, we couldn't stand each other. Yeah. We a fight like any class do. But at the end of the day, it was still a level of respect, a level of love, a level of care for one another. Like we looked out for one another. We had peace warriors. I was a peace yeah, warrior. Me too. You know, and I think that gets back to the point that you was talking about with, you know, teaching these kids how to deal with problem solving. That's what we did in Peace Circles. If you saw attention was brewing and it was a possibility that two people might fight, you get them to sit down, talk it out. You kind of walk them through what that problem solving 
looks like. Yeah. The school did so much for us because they knew what our community, they knew what we was up against. They knew, they knew everything. And they were so into making sure you were prepared for college. When students know teachers actually care about them, they'll learn to care about themselves because they live in a community where nobody cares. It was literally like a family that, Mm -hmm. even after you graduated to this day. Mr. Kelly done helped me out with so much. Him and Mr. Haran, to this day as alums, I can call them. Hey, I need X, Y, Z. Let me see what I can do. When I was thinking about moving to D.C., he was like, you know, if you're having trouble um, getting a plane ticket to go to an interview, let me know. Mm-hmm. We'll handle it. They have a whole fund set up for students. Like, if you decide, let's say you took a semester off yeah, and you decide to go back to school. They have funds to help you get started to go back to school, be it for, like, book supplies, whatever, job opportunities. They're always sending us, sending us emails mm-hmm. from beginning to end, really cared about their students. You know, they really... Try to ingrain in our school that, like, it's a way out of this. Like, this ain't all it is to life. And that's what I really appreciated about it. And I don't think I would be where I am now if I hadn't gone to North Lawndale. Yeah, I think the same thing because, you know, we both got the progressive scholarship Mm -hmm. to come here. And that was a full tuition scholarship already paid for. And all we had to just worry about was room and board. But you talked about how North Lawndale was basically dedicated majority of their time to make sure that we were okay for the future, Mm -hmm. that we went to college. Although our neighborhood may be fucked up, Mm -hmm. it may be poverty all around us. More than, I think, uh, I read a statistic said more than 45% of of the Lundell community is dealing with poverty. Mm-hmm. North Lawndale knew everything we had to face, and they still decided to help us out mm-hmm. the best they could. To be there, you know, three hours after school ended for tutoring sessions or to just to be one-on-one with an African-American male or woman yeah. from a neighborhood that's the cause of violence going mm-hmm. on, the cause of a lot of drugs going on in the community, yeah. but they still wanted to help us. And, and it didn't even have to be academic. Like, I done had countless conversations with my um, high school advisor just about life in general. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what are you going to do after this? You know, you're really good at this. You should think about going to this field, like this major. They even help you with, like, plant. It's it's so much. It's, like, I yeah. appreciate that and, school and we so really, much. And coming from communities like that, coming from areas where it's hard to make it out, people need that. We mm-hmm. need that extra push because in the black community, we already don't have a lot of resources, but we don't know how to move. Or how to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, for that example, it can be interviews. If you don't have someone that guides you for an interview and you coming from a, a bad neighborhood or you coming from people that don't have much job experience or if they do have job experience, it's with McDonald's mm-hmm. or it's with, you know, a fast food restaurant. I'm not knocking fast food restaurants, right. but... We talking about trying to better ourselves and like trying to get trying to get jobs in corporate America or trying to get jobs that's really going to look good on our resume. Mm-hmm. And if we never had that one on one guidance to how to present yourself, then we're going to remain at the same place. There is a lot going on with the youth and there is a lot going on with the city of Chicago. But what is one thing you love about Chicago and what's one thing you hate about being from Chicago? Chicago is a beautiful place. What people don't get, though, inner cities, 
breed talent. Mm-hmm. We breed it because it's like we ain't really got school. School system's crap. So I'm going to go play ball. I'm going to go work on this song. I'm going to do poetry. I'm going to do my art, be a graffiti, whatever the case may be. You have so many artistic individuals that come out. We get people like Chance. Chance people like Kanye. Kanye when Kanye West. first came out, yeah. he had everybody being proud to be from Chicago. Yeah. You know, we got all these other artists that come out of Chicago. And it's like, this is the Chicago that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. This is why we love Chicago. Yeah. And it's like, summertime in Chicago, lit. Man, like all beautiful. the food, we like, love barbecuing. <laughs> Man, cookouts, cookouts crazy. all that stuff. Even downtown, it's so many food festivals. Like you could go to Chicago and have an amazing, amazing time. time, and it's a beautiful city. A lot of people compare it to New York. Just we're just a lot cleaner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot cleaner actually. The thing that I hate. I won't necessarily say that I hate, but one thing that I like, one of my lifelong goals is to help combat this issue is the development of our city. Because when you talk, like when you get into urban development, you starting to talk about all these problems. The trickle down effect is like these problems that we see. So the reason why we have such high violence in this community, the reason why we have high, um, high numbers of low income people, you know, high poverty, all these different things, the felon sewer system. When you, as a developer, create jobs, you create safe spaces, you create places that people can go for after school programs, stuff like that, you give them something to do, something to live for, something that tells them, I have a life, it's worth something. I have a purpose on this earth other than to come here, be born into a world that I didn't ask to be in, and die. I just feel like educate, like urban development is the way to go with, the, with these schools. I mean, like with the community in general. That and education is how we combat a lot of the violence that we're seeing, how we combat a lot of the low income and poverty that we're seeing in, that, um, in our communities. I definitely think when it comes to violence mm-hmm. and what could be did or what could be did to decrease the violence mm-hmm. can be a better connection with the police oh, in, in the communities. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because right now in the communities of Inglewood, mm-hmm. Austin, North Lawndale, mm-hmm. with high violence and crime rates, there's no trust with the police. Not at all. Not at all. You see the police, hey, keep walking. Don't talk to them. Don't fuck don't with talk 12. To them. No, That's we, literally we, the, the same. I don't fuck with 12. You don't because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that's going on in the media... Everything with people getting killed by the police, we don't trust them. And mm-hmm. from our experience, coming from our neighborhoods, we have heard stories about police officers mm-hmm. putting drugs on people Seeing when they it. didn't have it, mm-hmm. using excessive force. Because mm-hmm. they can be bothering you for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there was some type of program with Chicago police and those community members, mm-hmm. it would mm-hmm. be better. Like, for yeah. example... I'm thinking of maybe a small scholarship program. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about donating much. It can be maybe $500. Mm-hmm. But give scholarships to to kids in those communities that's doing well in mm-hmm. high school. Yeah. Just to show, like, hey, we care about you. And yeah. it would be a better... It would be a better connection. You know, mm-hmm. poli- like if you think about companies and businesses doing days where they do community service, mm-hmm. why can't police do that? 
Exactly. Why can't one of their off days, they, 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 it's a group of them, mm-hmm. say 10, 12. Mm-hmm. They go to a community, oh, let's pass out food to homeless. Why, why? Why can't be that? Exactly. And I, I don't understand how people haven't thought about that. When you do stuff like that, the people in that community notice that. I don't know why a PR person from Chicago Police Department didn't think of anything like that because their image definitely has to be... So tarnished right now. Yo, it definitely has to be a better image of Chicago Police yeah. Department because right now it's all negative. But if you try to introduce a program like that, like I just stated, they would fuck around and tell you we don't have enough funds or it is it's not like, in oh, our budget. I have to budget. go back home. It's not in it's, the budget. It's not in the budget for us to, to, to create a scholarship fund for Bunch for kids for in in those communities. But y'all paying $6 million off to families that y'all just killed. Yo, y'all killed someone. Exactly. Now it's a lawsuit. They want $10 million, $6 million, $5 million, and now y'all settle. And then, oh, we, we broke. We don't have any money. Stop killing people. Thank you. And then on top of that, Police officers in Chicago get paid like eighty five thousand a year. That's how much they get paid a year. Eighty five thousand a year. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's not a scholarship, you telling me you can't take time out of your day. You already know you have a negative depiction within this community. Why won't you take time out of your schedule to actually prove to this community that you are there for them? Like, yeah, I'm gonna dedicate some time. I'm gonna go to the Y, or I'm gonna go to um this rec center, whatever the case may be. You know, work with some of these kids. You know, do different. Make their presence be known. And yeah. Felt. You know, in a positive way. In a positive like, way, not just negative. How do you like? How do you not want to do that? How can you protect us? Mm-hmm. Like you can't protect somebody that you don't care about, and they don't care. They really don't. That pretty much sums it up for Chicago. We talked about a lot of experiences we have been through. We talked about positivity in the Chicago community. We talked about a solution for the decrease of violence in Chicago. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot more we can say to end this episode, but I just want to say thank you for coming on Lift Every Voice and being a part of my podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. If you would like to listen to more episodes of Lift Every Voice, you can go to soundcloud.com slash lift every, the number one voice, and you can find all the episodes of my podcast there. I would like to say thank you for listening to this episode and make sure you stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you.